This episode of the Golf Gamble Podcast on the Sports Gamble Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every 25 bucks you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for a free March Madness and $1,000 in WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app and visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to a $500 bonus cash match. So head over to PropSwap.com and download the PropSwap app today. And Stable Duel, it's a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as 15K with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to go get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app for your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, welcome back, DJs. It's uh, your boy Boston Capper with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer. We got a special guest tonight as well, and it's the API DFS, and uh, we'll throw the outrights out at the end. Steve, how are you doing, baby? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, very much enjoy uh, looking at the uh, DF or, or the DraftKings uh, pricing much more than last week, considering all the crap that was down below $7,500. It was actually nice to see. Oh, I kind of like you, kind of like you. So, yeah, it was hard to kind of narrow down guys who I liked, guys who I didn't. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, breaking it all tonight, down tonight with our very special guest. All right. And speaking of our special guest, it's Joe Idoni. What's up, man? Yo, yo. What up, fellas? What's, how you doing? Good, 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 man. What, uh, so what's been going on with you? You, uh, you were down on the, on the, on the grounds last week, living it yep. up. I, I took, uh, I took pops to the tournament for a couple of days. We had a good time. I took my son one day. It was hot. Um, there was like, it was weird because Friday and Saturday for much of it felt like it was like a wrap. Like it honestly felt like burger just was basically aiming at the middle of the greens and taking the carnage that exists everywhere out of play and just kind of playing for par. And that's all he had to do. I felt over, man. Um, And then obviously things happened Sunday that that seemingly always happened there. And and we should have seen it coming, myself included. And then today was fun. So I got to play in a little event at PJ national, uh, got beat up there pretty bad by the course, but it's always a fun time to sort of test yourselves and, yeah, you know, you get out there on those greens and like the the little runoff areas, they're so tight. And you're it's it's not like playing the the home track, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're actually good at golf too. I'm I I it depends, right? I know you guys you're boys with Andy. I'm not nearly as good as Andy. I played with Ryan Baroff, who's a lot better than me. I'm like you know, I'm a solid eight to ten handicap. Yeah. I'm mid eighties. I'm, I'm I'm I can get around. I don't embarrass myself typically, but you know, I'm not breaking par or anything. Yeah, okay. All right, good. Yeah, listen, as long as you're good in a scramble, that's pretty much my bar as far as like, all right, my talent level. So, all right. So, you know, what, what, you know, every time we bring on a guest, we kind of, you know, like to introduce them, uh, yourself to our audience. So, why don't you kind of tell our audience just who you are, kind of how you approach golf, DFS, and betting? You know, what's, uh, just give us a high level view about what you're all about. Sure, guys. Uh, yeah, I've been sort of a, like, like we said it early on, a degenerate gambler. All, all gamblers are degenerate gamblers. Don't let anyone fool you. Uh, but I've been a gambler basically since uh, college days, been betting golf now for probably the last 10 to 12 years. Enjoy it more than any other sport that I've sort of started, uh, you know, I bet on. I love the idea and, and the ability to hit a 100 to 1 plus guy like we saw Seb Straka come through. I think that that's extremely intriguing and fun. Um, enjoy DFS as well. Sort of take the, a similar approach with that. You know, I, I'm not. 
huge on on DFS as I am sort of in the outright markets. That's generally how I've sort of played it. But I started a Twitter account a couple of years ago, started posting my plays, got a couple of followers, have gotten more and more into it. And now, you know, it, it's become a full time hobby, like I like to say. Yeah. You, so you so we had John on who has a fucking great Twitter handle. You also have a fucking great Twitter handle. Like it's like you guys were like we're like the, the first and second like golf guys on Twitter. I was like, how did he grab that? Like, that's a great fucking handle. It was a good it was a good pick. I, I will say it's one of my one of my prouder selections there. So I had it for a while and like it started off. So it's it's kind of this weird thing, right, where it started off like anonymous almost where yeah. like I, like you know i didn't want people i work with to know i do it so like i didn't post my picture or anything i was just yeah. posting pics and i had my other like so it was almost like a burner account to be honest because right. i had my other like regular account and then finally I was, I was just like fuck it like i'm just gonna put a face to it this is me i'm just gonna make this my personal do everything here in this one spot people you know, as you start to get more and more people that follow you, there's people that hate you. There's people that like yeah. you. I've been through the ups and downs of that and going back and forth through Twitter wars with people. But it's fun, man. I, I feel like I picked a decent handle. Yeah. So that's funny. That's why my name is Boston Cappers, because the same reason I was like, I can't be putting my name. I was working in finance. I was like, last thing I need is fucking somebody to find out their advisor is some asshole on Twitter gambling yeah. on football and golf. Uh, yeah. So it's the same. It's the same thing. That's hilarious. And uh, yeah. So you talk about assholes on Twitter. Uh, Steve uh, offline last night thought he was a bigger asshole than I was. I was like, bro, there is no way people think you're a bigger asshole than I am. And it, it, I think it's like 80, 20 right now in the voting. Like it's not even close. I told you, bro. You're hey, the listen, nice I, I, I got, I got one out of five, you know, votes. That's pretty good. Hey, listen, I, I, I tend to think of myself as kind of the fact checker guy. Nobody likes a fact checker guy. All right. That's like the, you know, the guy, I feel like I'm like the safety patrol monitor for you, you know, just telling you, Hey, don't run in the hallway. So I like to right, run so, in the hallway. Steve. Yeah, exactly. So before we get into it, uh, you know, Joe, why don't you just kind of give a little, uh, uh, introduction about you know some things that you're looking at this week some angles uh you know what you're looking for uh this week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational so listen we're still in Florida right and that brings chaos into play everywhere with water we've got another difficult course and for me when things get to Florida I sort of shift my strategy like I'm normally not an ownership guy um, and I know that that's rare for, you know, a lot of the really sharp DFS players will tell you to just kind of take you where the ownership goes. But normally I'm like, I'm going to play my guys. I don't care if they're 30% owned or 10% owned. If I think they're they're going to do really well, I'm going to play them. Um, because a lot of times you talk yourself out of things. You talk yourself out of the smart move and you'll pivot off a guy that that you think sets up really well for the course is in great form and you'll go to some other guy who's lesser owned and it'll end up burning you in Florida. I think it's a little bit different just because like any one of these guys at the top are susceptible to double bogeys and missing a cut. Like Sung Jay last week felt like a sure thing. I even said it too. like of all the guys at the top. It felt like he was the safest bet to sort of make the cut in top 10 for you. But chaos happens. You make a couple double bogeys, you're out of it. Joaquin Neiman felt like he was going to make a run there. You make a couple double bogeys, you're out of it. So nobody's safe out here. There's water everywhere. The rough is actually up here at Arnold Palmer. I think it plays. So it's a tougher course than the Honda. The Honda annually plays at PGA National as like the hardest non-major every year. That said, the only reason that that plays that way is because they take two par fives and they make them par four. So it's a par 70. The API is actually a harder golf course. They have the four par five. So scoring numbers tend to get a little bit lower um, because they just take advantage of the par fives. 
that said, expect carnage once again, um, firm, fast conditions, what we normally typically see here, long approach shots. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a grind. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you as far as I, I think Arnold Palmer, this tournament definitely separates the wheat from the chaff here. Like, you know, you said it like long approach shots, you know, just like difficult conditions, you know, it, like sometimes at the hobby, you tend to see some of those randos end up, you know, doing well here at Arnold Palmer it kind of feels like you have a nice cookie cutter template of what you're looking for. And there's a lot of guys like that in the field this week. So there's plenty to choose from. So while we take a quick break and then we'll start breaking down those years. All right, well, listen, guys, WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. The grand prize winner will receive a reserved seating area for seats at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sportsbook for early round action of college basketball tournament. I don't know why I can't say it. Thursday, March 17th, and Friday, March 18th, as well as two rooms at the Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be awarded $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on a college basketball game during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize and players can take advantage of the offer immediately there is no limit to the number of entries that you can receive into the grand prize drawing for example if you bet a g on college basketball during the promotional period you'll get 40 entries the offer is subject to change terms and conditions at win bet must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through win bet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right, let's start breaking this down. Joe, since you're our special guest, why don't you kick it off? Why don't you tell us uh, one guy in the $10,000 range you really like and one guy you're fading? Yeah, I don't mind being a catfish here and scooping up the floor, fellas, going Hideki Matsuyama right down there at 10-3. Take a little bit of savings. I think that he's coming in underlooked. I bet Hideki. He's actually uh, one of two guys that I've bet so far, so it's a little early in the week for me. but. Um, yeah, just think he's undervalued. Love the way he's he's striking the ball right now with his long irons. I I, I always like Victor Hovland, and I love the setup for him. And obviously, it's fantastic there. But willing to take the $500 discount, and hopefully, be able to to kind of move it up a little bit more uh, down at the lower end of the board because of it. Hey, okay. anybody up top? Yeah, you know. Gosh, this is going to come back to Burmy, but something's kind of like up with John Rahm right now. I think that mentally you get to the point where you're it's like anything else with golf. Like like I'm an eight handicap. But if I go down to like a four, your expectations just constantly change. And I feel like the expectation for him right now personally is is perfection. Like and you can see the disappointment on his face. Every bad shot that he hits um, you know, I talked to Andy. He was getting after some fans out there out west. Like he, he just seems a little on edge, and I think it's the pressure of the expectations all on his shoulder. Being the number one player in the world, of course, he's gonna probably win this thing by five. Now that I said that, but <laughs> that's how things work. Look, I, I just I can't go all the way up that high. And Rory is the same thing. They're just too expensive for me. I'll take I'll take a decky. Well, I think Rom was maybe getting on tillage at Riviera because I think Andy called him a cabron on uh, the second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, I agree. I actually really like Hideki uh, this week, oh. too. That's my play in this range. Like, I, I'm just going to echo a lot of things you said there. Like, the iron play is great. The long approach shot, you know, stats are really good. You know, he has a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. I think that's really important here. Good history as well. And, you know, I mean, look, like he's on a run of good putting performances in three of his last four. I mean, that's kind of weird to see in the stat page for Hideki. But 
I mean, maybe this is the new normal for him. And then he kind of has been alternating between good performance, bad performance, you know, like mediocre performance all year long. Maybe we catch him at like a, you know, a high here and I like him there. And I mean, I, I think with everybody else, I, I, I'm picking nits here. I think I'm probably fading Scotty Scheffler. It's a little high ownership. And I guess if I'm picking a nit, he is the worst long iron player statistically in this group. But I mean, overall, I, I can't really make a lot of arguments to get a lot of people, but I feel like the other four guys, I think can win the tournament Scheffler. I don't know. I don't think he can win. I think maybe like a T 15 is kind of like the ceiling for him. So uh, that's my fate in this range. I got bad news for you guys because I was going to also go with a decky, but I can't go do the round round table. Uh, but I mean, seriously, like, so what do you guys consider long irons? Do you guys consider 175 and longer long irons or do you yep. have 200 plus? OK, so I consider 175 a long iron as well. Um, I didn't know if it was just my shitty golf game or if everybody else, uh, everybody else considered it that as well. Uh, but I mean, dude, he's he's ninth in this field proximity, uh, 200 yards and in. It's a it's a great price, right? He's ten three. Like Shuffler's three hundred dollars more expensive. He's going to be the lowest owned in the category uh, or in this in this tier. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my play is Hideki as well. My fate is actually Hovland, just because I, the ownership play and he doesn't have a great history here, and I do feel like you have to feel comfortable here. And he doesn't blow up as much as he did, but like you said, it's Florida. Anybody can blow up at any point and just get ejected. And he, he can definitely do that. So yeah, that, that's where I'm at in the 10 K range. So, so I mean, it's either a terrible sign or a, or a good sign that we all like a decade. I think it's a good sign. God. <laughs> Joe seems like a pretty sharp guy. So I think that's, uh, it's probably fine. That he's aligned with us. So, all right. All right. While we went on to the $9,000 range, uh, we got six guys here started at the top of Stone JM and $9,900 going all the way down to Adam Scott, $9,000. And that's where I'm starting. I'm going to start with Adam Scott here as my play in the $9,000 range. Like, again, really good iron play lately. Good long iron play. He's been really good on fast greens throughout his career. And he's actually kind of putting now, which is kind of, again, weird to say uh, that Adam Scott is <laughs> seemingly a reliable putter. Um, I incorporate a lot of European tour data into my stats. and He played really well in the Middle East. That's one thing I mentioned uh, yesterday that I like looking at some of those Middle Eastern golf courses, a nice comp to Bay Hill. They're flat golf courses, a lot of water over there. You know, they play some firm and they can be windy, too. You know, the one cause for concern with Adam Scott is on paper. He looks like he's a little erratic off the tee. But I think a lot of that stuff is from when he was experimenting with a 40 inch, 80 inch driver. Last two tournaments, he's been top 20 in the field and good dry percentage. So I think he's finding a little bit consistency off the tee. And he's got just a good history here. Good history on some of these other tougher golf courses. He's got a lot of good finishes over the last year or so. I don't think he's done winning on the PGA Tour, so I like him a lot this week. And then my fade, I think I'm going to fade Terrell Hatton. I feel like I've been in the spot for a couple times over the last year where I've seen a lot of good European Tour results. Like, again, like the ball striking looks good over there. He's got a couple top tens. And then he comes over the PGA Tour and just kind of falls flat. Maybe he's regressing a little bit. Like, he went on such a torrid run for about, like, 16 months there and then ever since he's been in the united states here like i think he's got that t2 of palmetto other than that though it, there really hasn't been a whole lot to write home about if i'm picking nits with him he hasn't been as good off the tees not quite as accurate what he was when he was going on that run like his long iron stats look pretty good but overall his iron numbers just aren't as great and like if i'm looking at some like par five scoring bogey bogey avoidance he's one of the weakest in this range so i think that's my fade uh here so boston capper who do you like and who you're fading all right, so I'm going back to Sanjay this week, right? Because I don't give a fuck what happened last week. Um, like we said, it's wild. It's wild out there, and anybody could have got bounced. And he didn't even really 
do like the knucklehead things that knucklehead usually does. Right. I mean, and there's such a price differential between him and the next nine K guy. I feel like he's going to get skipped over when they can just go up a couple hundred bucks and get one of the 10 K guys or save 500 bucks and catch everybody's theme. Will Willie Z right. Um, as far as like stats go, he's top. He's, He's third in over 200 and third in 175 to 200 for the Irons over the last 24 rounds. Obviously, good course history here. Give me a little flop lag after he just fucking burned everybody last week. I love Sanjay. I, I'm going to fade Fitz. There's a ton of steam. I, I, this might just might be my disgust at the number that got released on him earlier this morning, like fucking 20 to 1. Like Matthew Fitzpatrick, 20 to 1. Get the fuck out of my face. And over 200 uh, over the last 24 rounds, he's 109th in this field. He's middle of the pack um, with the long irons. I know he plays long, tough golf courses hard, but I'm not eating 20% Matthew Fitzpatrick um, at all. I'm just not doing it. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, that's uh, that was sicker shock when I saw twenty two to twenty after after I've been betting him at like 40, 45 yeah. to one. That yeah. last couple turns, it's not great. So, all right, Joe, who's who's yeah. one guy you like down here, and who's one guy you're fading? Look, totally echo the exact sentiment you just heard. I'm Sung Jay up top. I'm not worried about the miscut whatsoever. He's shown the ability to bounce back off of a miscut before in his career. Third and two degree, uh, second and off the tee. He's actually really, really good. He didn't have a good week last week, but he is crafty around the greens. He's got a great set of hands on him. The rough being up, like the rough, I was just out there at PGA National. It yeah. is nothing. Like the, the the defense of that course is the water only. The rough is negligible. The rough is a factor at, at the API. Um, Three-inch rough, we haven't seen that in quite a while. And like you mentioned, things just like weird shit happens at the Honda. So – you take like a lot of the West Coast swing, like those guys at Riviera, I noticed on Sunday, like Neiman and those guys were blowing shots way right off the tee and way left. And they were just able to get away with it. Right. Their second shot, they're still able to get somewhere up around the green and make par. You just can't do that at PGA National. Like you miss one fairway and you're dropping and you're hitting three from 175 yards like that is it, it's just so penal to miss fairways. I trust him because I know that that is a strength of his game. He always plays really well in Florida. I'm looking to see a nice bounce back this week. I like him all the way up there at 9900. And same with you as well. Total fade on Fitz this week. Um, I know the narrative of firm fast helps him because he doesn't have a ton of distance off the tee. He hits a lot of fairways. He's a good putter. Uh, that said, I just feel like too many people are going to be amped, you know, to play him at 9,200 bucks here. And I'm willing to sort of go total fade on that. And I just think the 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 betting price was was outrageous. Like you guys, said. <laughs> I mean, outrageous. I, I was like, what the fuck? And I actually thought we were going to get a better number on Sanjay, too. Like I was yeah. surprised. Me and, me and Steve were talking last night, and he thought he was gonna open it like fucking thirty-eight to forty. I was like, oh hell yeah, give me thirty-eight to forty. I will fucking hammer that number. And yeah, I mean whatever. I mean it wasn't wasn't as good as like, me. I still hammered it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean if if I give a little bit of an epilogue to Sungjae, I, I like yeah. I, I like the point that Joe just made right there. That I mean weird stuff happens at PJ National. I remember watching on Friday where I think going through the bear trap. Sungjae had two buried lies in the bunker on 15 and 17 that went yeah. up for bogey. That doesn't have, I mean, obviously you can't hit in the bunker there. It would have been a top up and down anyways, but that's, that was an automatic bogey for him. And, yeah. you know, a couple times this year, like at the Sony, we kind of saw this. He had an awful first round played. Okay. On Friday, still missed the cut. And then he came back at Amex the following week, hit the ball. Great. And then two weeks later, finished what T six at Tory. 
I think uh, Song Jay's going to bounce back this week. I like that pick too. So I like Adam Scott too at the bottom. Like you Me said, too. you made a great point that he's been putting much better, and particularly on fast greens, um, he's had a lot of success in Florida. He's won the Honda before. Um, he, I don't know if he's had a ton of success with the players, but he won at Doral when they had that tournament down he, here. He won well. the players back in the day. Yeah, he? you're right. He did. Yeah. So he's got all three of those wins at like three of the stops. This would be sort of the final leg of the race there. It really depends on roster construction there, because I think if you if you are willing to sort of take the discount on Hideki, it makes a lot of sense to then stack him with Sungjae. But if you want to go up top and you want to take John Rahm or Rory or even Vic Hovland, then you I'm totally down with sliding in Adam Scott as your second guy in there. Yeah, I, I, I use a lot of lines this week with Adam Scott. So, all right, we'll tell you on the same page again. So why don't we take another break, and then we'll uh, go down the eight the $8,000 range. All right, maybe I could piss somebody off with my terrible AK picks. So, uh, listen, uh, there's never enough things to gamble on. The one sport that runs 365 days a year is the horse racing. The best part is, is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable and play against others to move up the leaderboard. And you can win up to 15K with one entry. If you don't know anything about horses, don't worry about it. The app gives you a clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the U.S., Get the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable, and we'll see you in the winner circle. Play, race, and win. All right, eight thousand dollar range. Boston Capper, why don't you? I guess piss us off. You think you always do that guys? to me after? You always make me go first after a long ad read. I'm trying to catch my breath, take a sip of my gin and tonic. It's such a dick. Um, Listen, I, we <laughs> rotate around the picks, and it just so happens that you got the eight thousand dollar range. All right, fine, so, fuck it. Yeah, all right, kick, kick it off. Two guys you like, one guy you're fading. All right, so listen, Chalk Keith Mitchell kind of worked last week. He top tended it. He's in Florida. He's got a good course history here. I'm already kind of different up top with what I'm doing. I like Keith Mitchell. I don't give a fuck. Like, like Joe said, like I still have a tendency to play my guys, um, even in Florida. But listen, he's he's 21st uh, proximity, 200. He's middle of the pack, uh, you know, 175 to 200. But I mean, fuck, man, three top 15s in a row, and it's 8100. I don't need him to win. He feels good at this course. He's got a good course history. He's also obviously coming in in good form. Like, give him to me. Like, that's fine. I'll take that. And then to pivot a little bit, um, you can play Trick. So, well, how come nobody likes Tringali anymore? Wasn't he like the fucking dialing for everybody forever? Uh, I mean, so it goes T7 cut, T3 cut, T13, right? But with his long irons, you know, he, he's he's good, man. Like, he's he's going to be in the top quarter of this of the in this field, and you're going to get him at sub at, at sub 10 percent with really chalky Keith Mitchell right next to him. So if you want to pivot play drink golly, I feel like it's perfectly fine off the tee worries you a little bit with him. Um, but I mean, we talk about Seb Straka just won a fucking golf tournament. Like why, why can't Tringali? He was constantly the bridesmaid. Um, and I'm fading Paul Casey cause never fucking Casey for me. Never, ever, 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 ever. Okay. All right, Joe, uh, how about you give us two guys you like and one guy you don't in this range? 
You got it. Uh, like Keith Mitchell, same a lot of the same reasons. You just play him in Florida. Florida's weird. It's it's just one of those. I mean, you know, Chris. Like when yeah. you came down here and first started playing golf, it's just fucking hard oh, oh, around. So the hard, bro. And it's so weird. Like my buddies back in Ohio, we're all around the same. Like we're all like eight to twelve handicaps. Like I go up there and they take all my money, but I can bring them boys down to Florida and blood <laughs> is in the water. Exactly. You none of them. They don't know how to chip. They don't know how to chip off that lie, man. The, they don't know like, how to chip. That 40, um, that 40 yards in on this fucking grass is insane. The other guy I like, and I don't, and I kind of like him because I don't know if anyone will be on him this week. I kind of like Sergio. He's like never played here, but he is great off the tee. Like he's got himself to the point now where he's one of actually the most accurate. If you take like total driving accuracy times distance, he is great off there. I got him third off the tee. Um, fourth in ball striking recently. We haven't seen a ton of him. We haven't seen him here, which I think we're getting a, a nice little discount. I don't mind the risk factor there on him at 8,100. And and I'm going to be fading uh, Billy Horschel. I don't know how the fuck he topped 16 last week. He was a disaster <laughs> all week. Um, he like I just can't root for the guy number one, so I just feel like something's going. But they did they did talk to him. I saw in a post round interview, and he was talking about how. Basically, his entire career, he's exclusively hit this draw, um, and he's changed now. So he's totally gone through this swing transformation where he's trying to hit a fade, and he's really working through it. And he's like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But he was clearly very frustrated with a lot of his shots off the tee, even though he somehow managed to finish inside the top 20, it looks like. Uh, I'm going to go fade on him this week, especially up top at that price point, even though I know that he has sort of the Florida narrative. I think that his ownership gets a little out of hand. I like Okay. All right. Well, I think the first thing I'm going to start with, I like Max Homa this week. Uh, I mean, we obviously think of him as a West Coast guy, but I think he's got a top 10 here. He's got another top 20 at this place. You know, he's got a win at Riviera, got a win at Quail Hollow. Those are two very tough golf courses that I think that's why it kind of translates over to here. He says his iron's really good lately, too, especially his longer irons, too. He's one of the better ones in the field, puts really well on fast surfaces, really good birdie rates in the par fives. I think he can keep it rolling over in uh at uh bay hill this week so i like him and then like i kind of consider paul casey and sergio basically the same guy this oh, week stop I mean, it. sergio is so much better than casey don't you say that <laughs> uh, statistically they're basically both really good ball strikers they both have a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee both of them have really shaky putters both of them have decent course histories here i mean listen paul casey is a lot more popular i mean we have talked about shock paul casey a lot over the last year and he's come through a lot i don't really see why it wouldn't this time um you know you talk about sergio too he's a lot less owned and both these guys kind of have holes in the resume as far as like if you're only looking at fantasy national if you look internationally so sergio's got a you know a t7 in my t12 in dubai where he actually gained about two and a half strokes t to green that week t24 in saudi Look at Paul Casey, T16 at Singapore, which actually is probably pretty terrible because he's probably playing a bunch of bums there. But T12 in Dubai, T24 at Saudi, T15 at, at Genesis. Like these guys are kind of just cranking out solid top 20s and low 8,000s if I'm kind of getting that. And I think that's the type of guy I want to target this week. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think it just comes down to how much ownership, like, you know, if you need a little bit more of a pivot play, maybe Sergio's your guy. If you're maybe going a little bit contrarian and can afford to eat the chalk, I think Paul Casey, I think they're both fine. I think they're finished both around the same place on the leaderboard. And then I'm going to agree with Joe. I don't like Billy Horschel this week. And I'm, I'm going to piggyback off that with a couple other things. So, you know, obviously, you know, we talk about the Florida narrative. He has been hitting his irons better. We, you know, look at last week, he hit, it's ball striking was great. Just couldn't putt, couldn't scramble. But, you know, last couple of tournaments, he's been taking advantage of golf courses with shorter and more intermediate approach shots into greens. 
He's a little better in that than his long approach shots, which are really terrible. Mm-hmm. And he got away with it. Torrey Pines. He had, I think, a T11 finish there, but it was mostly because of around the green and putting. And I think that's why he only has two top 20 finishes here in like eight appearances. Everything else is kind of like 50th, 45th, like 75th, like something like that. And for I, I just... I just have total disdain for this guy anyway. So, and I'm always wrong. He takes 30 it, so. seconds yeah. to line up a fucking putt. It's it's so bad. It's yeah. So bad. And listen, as a Keegan guy, like I know I have no room to throw stones, but Keegan doesn't get as much airtime as Billy Horschel. So whatever. Okay. Well, there, Before we move a, on, there's a the reason, eight. sir. Fuck off, dude. With that shit. God, you're killing That's me. That's fine. Right. You can talk about Keegan in a little bit, okay? Just, just, just wait. Yeah. So. <laughs> That, anyways, that, that that's my fade. I know it doesn't look like he's very popular, but I just I don't want anything to do. With he'll really he'll catch steam as the week goes on because probably will. I've I've heard his name a couple times in the outright market. Before we move on from the 8K range, though, so there's somebody I want to ask you guys about because I have a blind spot for him, and I think so what's so funny to me is so everybody at least I was like Burns is gonna like break out this year. He's gonna like he's gonna win at least fucking twice, and now we're get back to getting 50 to ones, and he's back down in the 8K range. Like what are we are we knee jerk reactioning this? Are we overlooking the talent? Like, is he just a better outright bet because he's a ceiling play and he could blow up all your fucking DFS lineups? Like, what are your guys thoughts on that? It, it, Joe, why don't you go? Yeah, look, I have a hard time going right. Like I, it makes some sense in DFS. I don't like it as an outright play. I don't care what the number is. Something's off, and it's been a little while since, you know, you can't really count the century, right, because it's a 30-man field. He finished 19th. Before that, we saw him in November play well. Um, You know, we're going on March this weekend. So it's been a while, three consecutive missed cuts. I don't know. These guys tend to go through these waves of ups and downs. It's golf, right? Once you think you have it figured out, you don't. Um, so it, to me, it's just, something's a little bit off right now. I want to pause. I want to kind of wait and see and watch a little more. I'd like to see like something like a T30 or a, or a top 26 or something this week, something to get the momentum going in the right direction for him before I'm willing to get back on him. Okay. Yeah, I think I agree with that. The problem with Burns is that he's had like one really good round or like acceptable round and then just a garbage disaster round every single tournament since the century. And it's just it's mad like there's something going on there like all his ball striking numbers are now in the negative his putting is turned to he did something similar last year where he ha- he went through i think around this time when he went through three straight missed cuts and then he I, yeah might have, Har- might have been harbor town maybe where he actually hit the ball pretty well t to green just didn't putt very well and then his very next start was the win at valspar so maybe that's what we're looking yeah, for just like kind of like you know joe said just like a t30 finish you know, kind of just show something on paper, like just put together four rounds, make a weekend, and then maybe we can start to consider them again. Okay. All right, sweet. Yep. Thanks for the intervention, boys. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. All right, $7,000 range. Joe, why don't we go back to you? Uh, why don't you just give us three or four guys you like down in this range? Okay. So the first one, the first one I – I think it's going to be very popular, but I like Gary Woodland. I just root for Gary. Um, but his his ball striking numbers, particularly from 175 and 200 plus, have been really good. I know that he did a lot of it with the putter last week. I know that he made a couple of bombs on Sunday that he doesn't normally make. Um, but I feel like things are trending in the right direction for him. He may be a little bit overpriced for me. I'm going to see where sort of lineup construction sort of comes in on him. I like some Justin Rose, which is the one that kind of really scares me this week. Good performance at the Farmers, followed that up, made the cut at Pebble and was kind of lingering and then faded. Um, was 
actually in contention at this place last year before he got paired up with Speed. Something weird happened. Where he Spieth, walked like, off the course, didn't he? Made a hole. Speed like made a hole in one, and it like pissed him off. The crowd reaction. So yeah, he he said it like he back took his hurt. clubs. He took his clubs and went home. I, yeah, I he took lost, his clubs and went home. Totally. I lost my mind about that last year. I was pissed. <laughs> the interesting one, and this is, and and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Is is Straka right? Because we've seen this happen before. Like we saw it with Hoagie. They can some some guys can carry it on the next week, and all of a sudden they're really under owned. And I remember Hoagie after his win going into I think it was Phoenix, I believe, was number one in terms of price point, and and you know you marry that with the amount of DraftKings points he was able to score. So that's an interesting one for me. And the other guy that I'm always on that I shouldn't be on anymore, and I may need an intervention on it, Chris, but um, it's Matt Wolf. At some point, Matt Wolf is going to win someone a million dollars on DraftKings, and I don't know what week it's going to be, but he's all of a sudden going to pop. Number one in scoring average through the fall. I know it's not the fall anymore, and he's got demons right now that he's working through. Uh, my boy Baroff actually beat his score today at, at PGA National. He's 17 <laughs> that, over. That's fucking uh, awesome. <laughs> something's fucking up with him, but... Like, I just wonder, can he take the Bryson approach to this place and just bomb it everywhere? And if things go right, it does give you a massive advantage here because Bryson wasn't terrific, like around the greens last year. But uh, some of these holes, you can totally take trouble out of play if you're hitting it 330 and carrying it, you know, carrying it 330 and hitting it 360. I don't know that this is the week for him, but I feel like his ownership is going to come in at nothing. Nothing. And maybe it's the week, man. He's going to win someone a lot of money one of these weeks. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I definitely hear you on that. And so I, I played him in my DraftKings lineup last week for that same so thing. And so, and so, like, and I, and like I was talking to Steve, I can't, I never remember what fucking tournament it was, but he he clubbed down. Mayakoba. Mayakoba took his, took his fucking yeah. driver iron off and was just so accurate and still long enough and still good. And I want him to do that at courses like this. And yes. and He's he didn't do it. Plus. He's yeah. great. It's like, what are we doing, man? And then he was so far left, so far right. He had no fucking idea where it was going. Couldn't make a butt. And you could tell from his body language, there is yes. like, like it's just, it's nothing's going right for him. As soon as he makes a bad shot, it's you. You guys have all golfed with your buddy who's like this. As soon as he, as soon as he makes a bad shot, it's throwing a club. Yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah. yeah, it's out. He's pouting. He's ruining the next three and a half hours of your life. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> it, it, yeah. I, I'm with you. Like he's gonna win somebody money. I feel like I'm just gonna keep betting him outright instead of destroying my DraftKings. So it's only yeah. one bet instead of <laughs> lots of bets. Capper, I feel like that was a personal attack when you golf with me because I was that guy that day. That oh no, shot, dude. So. No, no, you weren't bad at all. So like, <laughs> oh, was, inside I was simmering. <laughs> yeah. You know, so but outside, so with Tommy, Tommy even said to me after because Tommy was a friend of ours who golfed with us, Joe, and. uh He's like, he didn't even, he's like, this is bullshit. He didn't see you throw a club. He didn't see you get mad. Cause when I was younger, like I used to get mad and fucking like throw shit because I'd be like, I should be good at this game. Why is this game so difficult? And now I've passed that torch on to my buddy Pete, who's probably listening <laughs> right now, who I told I would never golf with again if he pulled it one more time. He literally walked off the course two times in a row. And I was like, listen, bro, this is like my safe space. I'm going away from my wife and my four kids. I'm going out. I'm playing golf for four hours. This is the happiest fucking time of my week. Do not ruin this for me. I don't care if I shoot a fucking 95. Yep. <laughs> I wish I had that attitude sometimes. All right. Uh, $7,000 range. So 
I think I can have the same conversation about these two players. And Joe, you just mentioned one and I can add it onto another. So I think Jason Day and Justin Rose are kind of in similar spots this week. They both have about similar ownership. And listen, both of them played really good at Torrey Pines. I mean, Justin Rose, if he just wasn't a bonehead 18, maybe he actually gets in the playoff. Just Jason Day was kind of hanging around all week. Um, they both had the ball great there. I know Jason Day is kind of going through some swing changes that might be actually kind of taking root right now. Justin Rose, I know he's been through a couple of club changes. Maybe he's feeling healthy. You know, that could be doing good. And they both went to Pebble. They both were actually playing really well. I think Jason Day was four back heading into the final day. Justin Rose, I think, was inside the top 20. And they both were just terrible on Sunday. And I'm kind of willing to throw that out. I mean, you know, that kind of happens with these multi-course tournaments. And, you know, I mean, the first three rounds, they were fine. So if I want to throw that out, they both are really good here. Jason Day's one here. Justin Rose has a lot of good finishes here, too. Um, I like them both this week. Um, I like EVR, too. I think, you know, like too much kind of water of him. This course for well, all right. So I, let me let me address that, by the way. So there was too much water at Liberty National. He actually finished like T5 that week. OK, so I think he, he's he, already in Florida with water. So, well, one he of those has things. gotten a little more accurate off the tee. He has fixed that a little bit. And I also look at a lot. Like I mentioned earlier, I look at a lot of those Middle Eastern tournaments. Uh, he played really well there this this year. He had a T4, I think, in Dubai, T12 in Abu Dhabi. And, you know, he's just playing really solid golf. He's making a lot of cuts. His iron numbers look great. Lo- good long iron player. He's putting well, too. There's a lot of things to like about EVR this week. So I like him 7,400 bucks. And then Martin Laird, like he's just playing solid golf, tr- cranking out uh, cuts. He's got a good history here. I mean, obviously he won, but like he's got a lot of top 40s here. And it's $7,000 for a guy who's hitting his irons really good, a guy who hits a lot of fairways. You know, that's kind of what I'm looking for just to kind of make a cut at $7,000 and, you know, not really kill you. I like it. All right. Boston Capper, what about you? All right. So is Cam Young's just fucking good, right? At yeah. this point? He's I just think so. Good. He's just do, good. do too many people play him though? Or not worried yeah, about Yeah, he he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be fucking chalky. Like but I mean it's seventy five hundred. Yeah. I mean, he's fucking good. Like even like he's not it's not good putting, right? We saw that. Like he 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 misses the little gimme pots. Um but man, I think this dude is just good. Like at 7,500, like that's fine. You can go to him or Luke List at 7,500. Luke List obviously got his win, but I mean, this is whatever. Good long iron player. Yeah, I, I just don't like. I think Cam Young is just good. Like the stones he showed when he didn't melt when he lost that tournament the other week. Huge. Like I, that, that just impressed me so much because usually you see a young guy like that and just completely melt, make like a double bogey and then go plus eight the rest of the way. He stayed in and he fought. I was like, oh, this is going to be a dude who's going to grind and compete on tour. Like, so yeah, I, I like Cam Young. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to Keegan. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like he top 10 tier last time. He's a great long iron player. He's my boy. Have to stay on brand. I don't I'm not betting him to win outright, but he can definitely make the cut and make birdies. He's going to frustrate you to hell watching on shot tracker being like, how did you miss that three and a half foot putt, Keegan? But that's what he's going to do. And that's you know what you signed up for. And then what do you guys think about the gala? Like. He's 7K. Yeah, to me, um, sorry to cut you off there, Steve, you were going to make a point, but like I. I loop him in a lot with with Cam Young. They remind me a lot of each other. Like you mentioned, like what was so impressive about Cam Young and not melting. I thought Gala, I was so impressed with him at Waste yeah. Management. Like the fact that he's basically paired 
with with Scheffler, right? And he's yeah. got Xander and Cantlay, I think, in front of him, and he's with Scheffler and Brooks. Like the dude was sandwiched basically on the within the entire U.S. Ryder Cup team. Oh, yeah, that's true. And yeah. he's freaking like, and he was balling. Yeah. He, like the shots that he was hitting were fantastic. He went for it. I thought he caught a bad break, but um, really impressed with him. I think that Cam Young is is maybe a little bit more accurate off the tee and probably has a little bit of length too. Um, and they both still have some some yips a little bit with the putter, but I like the upside of both guys. I think the dollar at seven K would be the play for for me over you know take a little bit of savings there. Yeah. You know, I actually was going to make the point that. Listen, Tagal is a West Coast guy. I want to see him actually play well in Bermuda. But I'm looking at what he's done so far in PJ Tour. There's T8, the Sanderson. Those actually have pretty quick Bermuda greens. He gained strokes putting there. Uh, and he got cut at RSM, but in his one round on the Seaside course, he gained strokes putting there. Sony Open, T4 day finish, but he gained strokes putting in Bermuda. So you know what? I mean, my holdup was I don't know how he does in Bermuda. I mean, at least, you know, so far it's okay. So, you know what? I don't actually mind. I think the kid is really talented too. And I think some of these rookies are going to go up and down all year. I think it's going to be about trying to pick the guy who's going to pop instead of trying to chase all these guys and, you know, chase, you know, all the steam on them. And yeah, I I actually, I I think I like Tagala this week. I think this golf course can set up pretty well for him. And, you know, I mean, now that I see that I'm actually comfortable with him on Bermuda, that's not bad. All right. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right, why don't we take one more break, and then we'll uh, go dumpster diving. (laughs) (laughs) It's the good time. Listen, uh, Prop Swap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets, and Match Madness is – I can say in this one uh, is around the corner and prop swap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season prop swap is make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams like West from Iowa, who sold a 250 dollar 30 to 1 Arizona to win the championship ticket for 750 on prop swap now is the time to go find those Cinderella's while the odds and cash out on prop swap when the tourney starts and remember when making your bets always go for two make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to let it ride prop swap has thousands of buyers across the country so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money on your bets and they got fantastic features like filtered listed tickets based on the best value and activity feed so you know all the big sales and when the red hot ticket stuff is coming out and the loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus catch and of course a first deposit cash match use promo code sgp on your first deposit and prop swap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks join the real sports bettors on prop swap and it's where america buys and sells sports bets all right under seven thousand dollars i mean i think for me I I don't see like a lot of these guys actually like popping off and make a ton of noise. Like, so I, I'm pretty much just looking for a guy I think is going to make the weekend, you know, keep accumulating points. So let's start right at the top of Brendan Todd. I know the course history sucks, but a lot of that was when he was just thinking about opening a pizza chain, you know, and quitting golf at that point. (laughs) Um, But it is, you know, ever since he's been kind of, He's found himself. I think he's got a top 20 finish here. He made the cut there. Look at what happened last week. He he was plus five, finished outside the top 40, but it was because he gained eight on a hole. And I mean, look, it, maybe it's just the bogey. Then that's solidly inside the top 30. And you look at a guy like him. He's been hitting his irons. I mean, like relative in this range, he's been hitting it. Okay. I know he's a terrible long iron player, but he's a good scrambler. Pretty good on fast Bermuda greens too. I don't mind him this week. I, I think like people might be scared of the course history, but if you look at more recently, he's been okay. So I like that. Uh, I mean, Sam Ryder's been making a lot of cuts, cuts in five of his last six. You know, he's hitting his irons pretty good for 
He's a pretty good long iron player relative to this range. Decent scrambler, decent putter. I think he can at least make another weekend. Like he's been getting a lot of top 30 finishes. I don't expect that. But if he's hanging around like 45th, top 50, I think that's fine for six, 700 bucks. Pat Perez is a guy I like a lot this week. He's playing good. I know he's always a withdrawal, you know, threat. So I got to actually get up early and make sure he doesn't, you know, <laughs> throw in the towel. But his <laughs> iron's great lately. Good scrambler, good putter. Makes a ton of cuts here. Like a lot of history, uh, you know, at this place. A lot of top 40 finishes. So I like him. And Boston Capper, I'm going to make you pretty happy. And I'm going to take your guy before you can talk about him. Lucas Herbert sucks on the stat page. Oh, he does. But if I'm going, if if I planned my flag yesterday about this Middle Eastern thing about how I think those golf courses are pretty similar to Bay Hill, well, he's won in Dubai. He had another top 20 finish in Dubai this year. Finished T21 Saudi. He's got some length. He's a good putter. I know he's missed. He missed a cut last week on the number. Maybe that's just, maybe that's yeah. just one water ball that just doesn't go in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like him this week. I, he, it looks really ugly, but he's got no ownership, and he has won some good tournaments in his career. Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's let's go. I love, I love the year. Let's go. All right, all right, uh, Boss Capo, who do you like down here? Uh, so uh, I was taking I was taking Herbert as well. Uh, so what, what Steve said, but he's my boy. Like I just like to bet him. I, 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 what did I win with him at? Uh, Bermuda. Bermuda. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like yeah, like. <laughs> This is a backstory to why, like, all of a sudden, I really like this dude. It was for not golf reasons. I was like, holy shit, I got this is my guy now. <laughs> um, it's just that stupid, right? I mean, that's how you end up with some of these guys that you oh, yeah. really bet on. Um, why is Fenson priced down here? I know it's Fenson's been my boy for a while. I'm a little worried about how he finished, dude. He struck it so well last week. I don't know yeah. if maybe he lost a couple down the stretch, but. He was crushing the field and ball striking last week. Terrible short putter. Terrible short putter. But actually made some good long putts. So he's an anomaly, but he is a great player. He's won everywhere. I was on him last week because he he won, I think his his Q school event to get through was at PJ National. He won by like seven. Okay. So he's great. But yeah, I, he's a cheap I think, player, I, think he's, so. I think he's underpriced. I'm like, listen, yeah. the guy was like, he was one of the only guys on the first page of the leaderboard. I liked him the week before he performed well. I had him first round leader last week. Why am I not going to take him? Um, well, why am I not going to take him this week? I think he's underpriced. And then same thing with Aaron Ryan. Like, why is he priced down here? Like, I know he faded and ended up in like the 60s or whatever, but I'm not asking a guy who's 6,700 to fucking do anything but make the weekend and score birdies. I don't give a fuck if you if you double bogey and make four birdies. Like, I don't care. Like, like give me him. He's good with his long irons. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's another young kid who I'm gonna take the upside. And if he gets cut, I'd rather I'd rather get cut with him than uh, take fucking. Ches Reeve again, like for the 9,000th time in my life and watch him get cut. <laughs> what, what did Ches Reeve ever do to you? He fucking ruins DFS lineups. That's what he does, Steve. That's All what right. he does. <laughs> that is true. All right, Joe, why don't you uh, pick some guys down here you like? All right. So I think what you said about, first of all, I think what you said about Todd makes some sense. I think there's two sort of ways to play it. You there's like you you don't want to get stuck in the middle, right? You either want to have guys that are really long and you're hoping that they have a good week where the driver's dialed in, or you go on guys that you're you don't have to worry about the water as much, who you can trust to hit a ton of fairways. When you start to get the guys in the middle, you worried about it a little bit. One of the guys who I think was was either second or third on the corn ferry tour last year in distance, Taylor Pendrith is long. Top twenty-five at the Honda last week, gained like two and a half off the tee, four on approach. 
So I think that those numbers are really good. He's at 6,500. Matt Wallace is at 6,400. I think that he's going to be really popular and a lot of people play him. He's been bad, but three straight top 25s here. Um, the other guy I kind of like is Higo a little bit up top, like his upside. I always like Cam Davis. I always end up playing him. Um, he gets himself into a little bit of trouble, but I, I just like his, like you mentioned about Herbert, I like his aggressiveness uh, in contention and guys that just go for it. Um, so so those are a couple of guys that I like. I like I like those. I was on Higo last week. Steve made mm-hmm. me take a timeout on Pendrith because I was getting a little cute. I'm like, no, I like Pendrith. I know, but you told me this. Wait, who, who did I? Oh, Ekrot. Ekrot is who I. Ekrot who's I got a timeout with. Yeah, that's who I got a timeout. But with. Pendrith, I mean, that's a good week for him. A top twenty-five where he's gaining four on approach and basically, yeah, yeah. if he can top twenty-five when he's losing strokes around the green and putting, like if he can level that out a little bit, this should be a nice fit for him. Yeah, Pendrith is definitely somebody I'm looking for, like positional prop market this week. Definitely like a top forty because you know, you know, price point six five hundred bucks and probably get a good price for top forty. I think that's definitely doable for him. Imagine being able to get a top 40 in a state that allows legal gambling. Imagine imagine what that's like. We had it for we had it for a couple of weeks down here. Yeah, I know. I got my money back from uh from from, from the Seminole. Like they Did sent you it get back. your money back? They yeah. still owe me money, those motherfuckers. They didn't send it back? Oh, no, gotta, so I no, they gotta, sent me back. They sent me back all the losing ones, but I hit Victor Hovland oh, to win that freaking thing, and they oh, did not pay oh. that out. They just returned my money back. Oh, a bunch of crooks. So I've got a I've got a major bone to pick. They just refunded the, They refunded all my tickets, but yeah, dude, they owe me like uh sixteen hundred bucks on it. Yeah, absolutely, they do. Yeah, what's funny is uh, is I think I put. Uh, was that the week I was laying uh laying like a football bet on like JT for like a top. 20 or 10. Oh, is that, like a, is that a Phoenix? I think yeah. no, nah, it wasn't a Phoenix. This was a while ago. Um, no, no, you, t- you told me if, uh, you sent me money, uh, or no, I'll no, not, money that yeah, not that one. Yeah, not that one. No, this is dude, the seminal thing was months ago, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, right. um, yeah. Fuck Florida, man. DeSantis can, is, it goes nuts about everything else. Meanwhile, he doesn't want fucking revenue to come into the state. Like, like, do you even know the deal? What are they, are they arguing over like a quarter of a percent and they're just so, leaving millions on the table? So, so kind of we can talk offline about it. I got a buddy who uh, who runs uh, who runs poker rooms, and yeah. I, I got some inside track stuff on that. We could we, we'll talk offline. I don't want to talk out of school on the podcast, so but we can talk offline. Well, I mean, we are at the portion of the show where our guests can just rant about <laughs> anything. So you guys can continue this conversation. Just rip Ron DeSantis in. <laughs> this is perfect content. DeSantis was at the Honda. He was like a celebrity walking around last week, man. Everyone was giving him hugs. He was there with Barbara Nicholas. He's like. DeSantis is like a, uh, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I'm hot and cold on him, but he's a, he's like a hero down here to a lot of business owners fucking love the guy. Love DeSantis. Love him down here. They do. And and like, and look, he he is what he is. I just couldn't like, whatever, like I'm liberal, right? So it is what it is. Right. But like, I, I grew grew up Republican. I get both sides of it. I worked in finance. I understand everything. Right. And just the, the, the campaign commercial he made reading his kid's book about building the wall. Did you ever see that fucking thing? No. no. Oh my God, dude. It was a YouTube. Like it was a commercial that ran down here in Florida and he was reading his kid's book about how to build the wall to support like building the wall from Mexico. And I was like, Oh, it was, it was so bad. I thought it was fake. I was like, this can't be real. And I was like, Holy fuck, this is real. But yeah, I mean, look, he, he kept Florida open. Like I always feel bad, like for everybody else in the country with COVID, like we suffered for like eh, 60 days, maybe like, and then 
restaurants were back open in 60 days. Like you could do takeout with masks and stuff like that. He did do a lot of good for the economy here. Um, you know, regardless of, of what you think about him. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he helped a lot of people not go fucking insane and, and keep their jobs and keep their money. Yeah. There you go. All right. Why don't we take uh, one more break and we'll start talking about outrights. We have another break. Yeah. Oh, the SGPN app. Yeah. Go download it. It's got uh, all the free picks and uh, podcasts on there. Uh, we run in the tournament or anything. I don't have it up, man. I thought we were done. Right, so just, it's, just, it's, just go download the app and throw us a fucking review. Yeah, it's a great app. It's got all our stuff on there. Yeah. Go download our app, please. All right. I thought I, I, thought I sandwiched, sandwiched it with the other one. Man. My That's bad. okay. All right. Outrights. Joe, why don't you kick it off? I mean, you said you only got two. Maybe we talked, you know, through this show. Maybe, you know, we kind of steered you to uh, another one. So who you got this week as far as uh, who's winning this thing? You don't yeah, have to spoil just, you don't have to spoil your lunch lunchtime long shots either if you don't. I, I will I'll try not to. But listen, it's just it's it's been a little bit of a busy day for me over the holidays, so I haven't dug too much into it right now. But the first two, um, right off the bat, twenty-five and twenty-eight, um, Hideki and Sungjae. Those are my two guys. My two Asians this week, I'm going with them. I see some 30s out there on Sungjae right now, which I wish I had. It looks like Bet365 and Caesars has a 30. Um, I think those are good numbers. I, I really like Hideki. Um, I, w- I was hoping for, like, probably not wise, but I was hoping for, like, a 22-24 on Vic Hovland. Didn't get it. I can't get there. I can't justify a couple of these prices to me. Like, Scheffler's he can't be 18 to one Fitzpatrick can't be 20 or 25 to one. Like these are too low. I'd much rather take Hideki and Sungjae in there. And then uh, you might've sold me on Adam Scott. I'm worried about the 35, maybe a little bit lower than I wanted to go on him. Uh, but he would be the next guy that I'm sort of considering in this under 50 to one range. Okay. All right. So when I looked at this board, I saw Holland 18 when I know that he has a really dicey history here but there's nothing really about this golf course that makes me think he can't win here and for a guy who like i I, like i looked at who's around him and i mean he's won what like three times over the last like six months and you got like fitzpatrick there with him and like sheffler just won so i am just paying up for hobbling 18 to one i i just i i I just really like him for this place i mean he pits everything except for the scrambling but if he's ball striking pretty well this week, it's not really going to matter. He's gotten, be- he's gotten better at scrambling. Well, I, well, I mean, not on paper, but we've seen got like we did just talk about Riviera, like how important scrambling is, and well, he finished fourth. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I am grabbing some good numbers on Hideki and Sungjae. I got Hideki at twenty eight, Sungjae at thirty three. I like both those guys you know, for a lot of the same reasons Joe said. Yep. You know, I just looked at Adam Scott and I, I didn't like the price either, but I just took it at thirty five. I mean, you know, I, I just. I like what I'm seeing. I think he's not done winning on the PG Tour. I like a lot of the things. And then I went a little longer for my last two. I was looking at the guys in 70 to one. Justin Rose is down there, and I got him at 75. And, you know, I, I mean, I know the numbers don't look all that great on him, but, you know, there's some European Tour data that isn't really baked into some of these strokes. Gain number that he actually looks pretty good in. He played well, Tory almost won there. I mean, if he can do pretty well there, he can probably do pretty well here. One bad round of Pebble, I think, just knocked him down a little bit. So I like him. And then EVR, 110 to 1. He's been playing good golf over the last six, seven months. You know, I think he's got a lot of talent. He definitely has enough firepower off the tees. Hitting his irons great. He's putting well. I think that he's got the driver a little bit more under control where he can avoid the water hazards. I like him this week. So those, those are my outrights. So Boston Capper, what do you think? All right. Well, I'm on, uh, I'm on Amon as well. 
Um, they were my first snap bets. I was texting Steve last night, like, I don't know, like 1130, like, all right, these are the guys we're going to bet tomorrow if the numbers are fine. Um, and I wanted to bet Rory real bad and I should open it like 14. I was like, nope, nope. Yeah. Pass. Positional props and all that. So, but I bet Will Z as well. Um, I know he's fucking, he's sobled. Um, so that money's gone. I don't have a cash out my offshore because fucking DeSantis won't let gambling be legal here. Um, <laughs> We, we, we got to go in the Sun Cruise casinos and go fucking put some sports put bets in that way. We're um, sending it all to Costa Rica. <laughs> exactly, exactly where we're sending it. Um, and so I'm on them. And then uh, I, I took Keith Mitchell at 50 to 1, man. I, I, I think, I mean, 50 to 1, Mitchell, good form, like whatever. I want some longer shots. So I bet Wolf at 125 to 1 because fuck it. It's 125 wow. to 1. Fuck it. I've spent. More on worse. Um, and if he hits, I'm going to be very fucking happy. Um, but yeah, I definitely – so a Wolf is not my normal bet either. It's like small. Like it's like a, this is just because like the number's real bad and maybe he'll win. But yeah, man, I, so I got room. I need like one or two more longer shots. So uh, so you, Joe, want, it's perfect time for you to pimp your uh, – for, for your lunchtime long shots and anywhere else everybody else can find you. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, everything is is my Twitter account you mentioned earlier at Tour Picks. Um, I do a Tuesday video. I do lunchtime long shots. It's kind of cheesy. I sit in my car. It's fucking I love it. And I just rip some long. Like it's this is how like I started out. Like when I had 100 followers, I was doing this and like I don't know something about uh, that. It's not like overproduced and like edited and shit. It's just like me ripping long you, shots on you my have lunch graphics. Break. You have graphics. I just figured out how to put out a betting card that didn't. It wasn't on fucking Microsoft <laughs> Notes or whatever like Microsoft a notes, month yeah. ago. <laughs> so anyways i do that tuesday uh wednesday i do a show with with rick gaming for jock market called power hour and then i do the preferred lines podcast as well i did have a partner in it i'm, I'm currently rolling solo in that i'll probably record that later tonight put that out on itunes and spotify but uh yeah all my stuff's all my stuff's there all right cool man well listen anytime you need uh anytime you need co-host man i'm sure me and steve would be a jump on and talk some more golf with you brother Dude, this was a ton of fun. I actually really enjoy this. You guys are awesome. Uh, it was great to sort of chop it up with you guys and, and, and talk golf. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah thanks, Joe. We really appreciate it. All right, Steve, you got anything else for them? No, that's it. Tomorrow we'll have our uh, props and matchup show, and uh, we'll complete the rest of our betting card. All right, well, that's it. Well, you know to find me on Twitter, Boston underscore Gap. You can go find Steve on uh, podcast.com. Uh, Read all his articles. Click the links. Come follow us in Slack. It's free. Uh, lots of lots of shop dudes and they're kicking it around if you like to talk golf and break balls that's the place to be so we'd like to thank our special guest joe go find him at tour picks man he's a fucking good follow man and uh, he says the tiktok shit is cheesy but i have a very short attention span and that shit works just perfect for me uh so so uh let's go break them books motherfuckers